This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything impacting your career. I'm Tom Hudson, your guest host, and in this episode, I'll be talking with our very own Bev Jones. Today, Bev will be wearing her career coaching hat, and I'll be asking her about a recent piece she wrote for a huge career website, jobhunt.org. Bev said that now, more than ever, it's important to keep building and broadening your network. We'll talk about why networking still matters so much and some of the smart ways you can go about it. Bev, this is a really critical time uh, when we're talking about careers and what you do in consulting career people uh, about their careers and, and while you're talking to executives about their careers. You know, a lot of people just feel stuck right now. Um, and and I understand that feeling, but if you're on a career path, do you have to feel stuck right now? I don't think so. In, in fact, I think feeling stuck is um, – it, well, it's kind of all in your head. It's a choice you make almost. Uh, <laughs> careers are not, um, they're not secure the way we used to think of them. It was a, right. probably all an illusion. But things don't change the same. And feeling stuck is, um, I think, how we feel when we're sort of overwhelmed and uh, the way to get out of feeling stuck is to do something. Action is the uh, way out of that stuck feeling. It, as soon as you start working toward a new direction, even if you're you know, still in the job you're worried about or still in a job that isn't making you happy, once you get a plan and you start taking some steps that are going to open up options for you, the relief can be pretty immediate. So feeling stuck, I think, is is your maybe it's your unconscious telling you it's time to do something. We've talked about networking uh, a, a number of times before, and I I know that it's not the old school networking of handing out your business card at cocktail parties or receptions, but it is different if you can't do face to face. Is, does that eliminate the whole concept of networking? No, I think that one of the things that um, is um, happening across America is that people who were resistant to um, social media and technology and um, any kind of um, uh, even telephone networking um, are discovering that, you know, it's not so bad. I think one thing that they're also realizing that we are all realizing is that um, even the introverts among us need to have social contact. We are inherently social animals, we human beings, and we are um, 
uh, creatures who've evolved to survive better when we have groups. We haven't survived as individuals throughout history. And, and when the going gets tough, that's when other people's support is really useful. And I, I think people who were sort of anti-networking may be discovering its importance now. Well, what before you jump into this new era of networking or, or new technology of networking, what basic considerations should you have, though? Uh, should you should think about it before you just jump in, right? Absolutely. I I think that um, now is a time to be sensitive. There are opportunities and new ways to network, but there are also all kinds of um, things to um, to worry about on as you're trying to figure out how to reach out to people and what to do. If you look around just uh, the people you know or the people you read about or the people you hear about, it, it seems as though people fall into different kind of categories. There are lots of people who are isolated, who are um, living in small apartments in cities and not going out at all or who are uh, socially distancing and not having much activity and who are very hungry for connecting by Zoom or whatever technology works and and would welcome um, hearing from people. On the other hand, there are many uh, working parents who are working from home who are frantically busy because they have small children around them and they're trying to keep things together and the last thing they want is to have to talk to one more person because they're, they're feeling exhausted by taking care of their kids, taking care of their teams, taking care of um, family members with difficulty. And so some people are feeling um, kind of over-connected right at the moment. So you, I think you start out with the idea that there are opportunities out there, but this is not personal. You have to kind of figure out who it is you want to talk to and then think about a good way and a tactful way and a kind way to reach them. There's also, um, I, 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 I'm coming up with my own term here, uh, technological tedium. If I have one more Teams meeting, I think I will scream uh-huh. during during yes. this this whole uh, hiatus that that we're in. It's just like leave me alone. You know, <laughs> I don't have to see you. I can communicate by email or some other form. But please, why do we have to have this face to face stuff? I think a lot of people are tired of uh, staring at a screen. They're tired of sitting at their computer. They're tired of um, kind of being immobilized. And um, there there is a big fatigue for those kind of meetups. But the thing is that there are lots of ways to connect with people. If what you... um, want to do is reach people maybe you know slightly make a guess at the best way to reach out to them if if they're people in a business context and you're not linked up with a slack channel or you know some kind of um, specialized channel that 
the simplest thing is maybe email and then next might be phone uh figure out oh my god you gotta talk to people that i think uh, is uh, <laughs> like the next step after email for some people uh that you know before uh, some other kind of meetup but i what i think you want to do is think about who it is you want to connect with why you want to connect and what's an appropriate way uh, um, if what you're doing is um trying to broaden your network so that you can explore other kind of career opportunities or just get to know people in your own field. A great way to do it is something like LinkedIn because you're only going to connect with people if they want to be seen. Uh, A great way to connect with people is to search and find people who went to the same college or maybe worked in the same place or live nearby or people you have something in common with and then follow them and maybe comment on something they've posted. That's a very welcome way to reach out to people. You know, you can strike up uh, an acquaintanceship by sending a message Um, via LinkedIn, but go to the places where people have voluntarily become engaged, whether it's a big site like that or or one of the sites that are matching up people with volunteer work. So so let me see if I got this right. We should not assume that everybody wants to Zoom. You know, that's, that's just, or that they can. You know, because sometimes they're they're in places where they don't have the broadband uh, available to do that. But if they're on a place voluntarily like LinkedIn, they're sort of sending a message that they're available for contact. Do I have it right? That's right. That they're kind of by definition, they're showing an openness. Now, let's let's go back to talking about some of the the basics of what underlies networking. Networking, reaching out to people, like I said, we're born to do it. We're born to want to um, cooperate and help each other. And networking, when it's really going well, is about, in little tiny ways, offering help, asking for help, doing things uh, that are going to be just I'm sorry (laughs) that's all right Stephen I'm uh, in the middle of recording a podcast and Andy's outside so I'm going to turn off the phone and give him a message okay all right bye-bye sorry I forgot to that's all right unplug it which I normally do (laughs) because the phone rings so seldom now okay so we're back to the basics all right I'm sorry there Okay, um, so let's go back to the basics a bit and and focus on what happens with networking. Networking is about connecting with other people, which, as I said, is something we're born to do. It's part of our social being. And when you're networking, what you're doing is reaching out to, to build a social connection, to make somebody's acquaintance. And, and the way I think we've evolved to do it is to help somebody or to ask for help that that's part of the I guess the dance of networking it's an exchange of kindness and gratitude when it's really going well 
that's how it happens and it can happen at a when you're doing it face to face it can happen to a party you greet somebody you say hello you try to make them more comfortable they something say something nice to you and you try to have that same exchange of grace of gratitude um, and um, of kindness when you're doing it online as well well, I understand all of that, and I understand what you're saying about uh, going to where people are, also connecting with alumni groups. That that sounds to be very wise, uh, and people with the same kind of uh, something in common, at least uh, where they went to school. Uh, one of the things that you've talked about in the past, and I wanted to probe a little bit about, is talking with older mentors. Now, let, let, let me give you my, my okay. problem here, since, since <laughs> we always do a session with me, right? Uh, the, the problem is that older mentors are not necessarily wise. You should pick wise mentors. Age chronologically, I see so many of my contemporaries who talk about the way it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, or they conflate situations that, that happened in their past, and they aren't worth a damn to me <laughs> as far as, as being a mentor. Uh, but but wise mentors may not be chronologically older. I, I think it's dangerous to think too much about age. But I wouldn't rule out older people, and I'll get back to that in a second. It's not so much wisdom that you're looking for. I mean, it would be wonderful if you have it, but you can have a useful relationship with a mentor the other person isn't necessarily wise if they know about something specific. So you can have mentors who can help you learn about an industry or learn about a trend. And maybe if you're going, if you're talking to somebody uh, who isn't wise, um, what they get out of it is you listen to them a little bit when they go through their um, memories and maybe what they get is a sense of feeling good because you act in a way that's respectful. But what you want to do is ask specific questions that that All might right. be able to, they might be <laughs> able to answer. So, so that's a, uh, something to keep in mind. Now, on the topic of older mentors, I kind of um, like the idea of people reaching out to people who are further along in their career. I think because so many of my clients are maybe in their 40s or their 30s, late 30s to uh, late 40s. And that's often the target uh, of people reaching out to college alums or people like that because they seem that they're like at a really high point of their career. The problem is those people are working like mad. They often have small children. They don't have a free minute. They don't have a second to give away. But if you go even higher up in the hierarchy, as people get older, they're very often uh, able to delegate. They have more time for things like giving back. And one of the things that comes with 
um, getting older is a, is a new interest in helping young people. It just seems to be a naturally human thing. So not hesitating to go to somebody who looks pretty interesting and looks pretty high up, regardless of their age, is um, something that I'd suggest. And not being afraid to go to somebody older, because I think you might find that that giving back attitude can be extremely helpful. And even retirees, and it's very hard sometimes to get young people to want to talk to retirees, but you and I know that um, there are a lot of folks who may be retired from their primary job, but they're still very connected to their industry. And they're very much in the loop. And the people they used to mentor are now CEOs. And so there are a lot of recent retirees who can be tremendous help and have the time to be helpful. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash School. One of the things I wanted to mention is that during this uh, time of quarantine or isolation, um, my wife has taken up writing personal letters to people uh, longhand and writing them out and sending them through the mail. And I, I mentioned that because her response that she has received from people who have received those letters has just been overwhelming, at, overwhelmingly positive because they haven't received a handwritten letter in forever. It, would that be an example of a kind of way that you might be able to network with someone? Yes, and I have to mention, it's so funny you raise that example because this is the third time today I've heard about somebody who is writing letters. I was talking to somebody earlier in the day whose team has really done well working remotely and is highly productive. And so he has just written notes to um a big group of people to every individual who works for him saying how grateful he is for what they're doing. And another person um, was having her children write letters to family members. So I, I, I think um, it's a trend that seems to make a lot of sense. We want connection. You know, if we, somebody writes me, a, I just got today. Nice to happen a, a, and to have somebody bring an actual letter in the mail, I think that sounds like a really nice thing. I just got a letter today from someone who received one of our scholarships, and and I read it with with great interest. It, it was I appreciated it. Uh, the person it rose in status in my mind for 
sending me such a thoughtful letter. That's a kind of networking. It is a smart kind of networking and a kind uh, way to connect with other people. It shows that you're serious enough to take some time and to do something that isn't uh, simple uh, the way that sending an email is. And it can be used in a lot of situations. If you admire something that somebody's done, if you've read about uh, uh, somebody and your community who has done something spectacular for the food pantry or uh, even somebody you don't know if you were to to write and say something very specific this is what you did I just want to let you know how much I admire you for going out in the limb and doing this I, I think all kinds of things like that would be both kind and also have the potential to be the start of getting to know somebody I want to turn it back to you made some specific uh, suggestions in an article you recently uh, wrote, and one of them is to use this time of isolation to build one's own skills and to polish one's writing skills. Yeah. Both both of those, you and I well know, are are major factors in somebody having career advancement. That's right. And part of networking, it isn't just the contact. It is doing everything that makes your um, personal brand, the way you look to other people, make it as positive and relevant as possible. Part of networking is doing things like polishing your resume and showing up on social media and maybe writing an article somewhere and picking up skills that make your resume look even more robust. That's all part of the process. I think um, if you are stuck at home, if you have time on your hands and you're worrying about the future, do something about it. That's an action step. One of the... um, things that you and I have talked about a good bit is how many um, people coming through college these days don't have the writing skills that employers are looking for and I think that now the market has shifted and it's going to be a tougher uh, market so that employers can be more demanding about the skill set they want for many, many jobs. They want people who can write, who can do business writing uh, clearly without errors. And that's a skill that people can be working on now that's an essential networking skill and a job performance skill for just about any job. There, There's another area of networking that I uh, fascinates me, and I, I think that it's spot on, but it also scares me a little bit. And let me talk to you about it. It's You call it bolstering your profile, but in doing that, you talk about uh, showing off your strengths by regularly writing comments uh, or articles online, uh, perhaps witty tweets, thoughtful comments, uh, responding to articles on LinkedIn or other things. That sounds really good, but it's also really dangerous if you don't do it well. That's right. And I, I 
on that particular article, I didn't go into it, but certainly it's something you and I have talked about and I've written about elsewhere. I, I think these things are important to manage and uh, they provide an opportunity, but so many people are active on one social media channel or another and they're doing it as though uh, they're you know, in a private conversation without realizing that everything you do on social media is trackable by uh, big companies now that are doing a thorough review. And I've heard a lot of stories of um, people not offering somebody who looked really good because they looked at their social media and it's, you know, all about parties and so forth. Somebody did a... um, some research recently looking at what turns people off about social media feeds and as you would expect drugs and drinking and so forth is a um, is not going to help you and it can lose you a job but something else that turns off employers is um, a, a social media feed where you just show pictures of yourself if Everything you post, and that's actually one of the things. Or your dinner on Instagram, which is my pet peeve, but go ahead. But if it's all about you, uh, if all you do is talk about my vacation, my boyfriend, my friends, my new dress, whatever it is, the, the people who are doing the hiring are very often people who are going to be your colleagues. And aside from your professional qualifications and everything else, they they don't want to hire somebody who's totally self-absorbed. So one of the things people look for in looking at your social media feed is, uh, is this somebody who can be helpful to other people? Is this somebody who retweets? Is this somebody who makes a nice comment? If your if you're feed um, on Instagram or whatever it is, is totally about you, that's a turnoff. So I didn't want to get into all the negative in this brief article, but I do think you want to show that you you read other people, that you're able to thank other people, that you're able to offer an intelligent comment. It's that kind of behavior that people look for when they're hiring colleagues. Well, I know this is an oversimplification, but to me, if I'm reading somebody's social media, a little snark goes a long way. Too much is over the top, and I really question uh, a person's depth if it's just snarky comments. Yeah. It's, is, is that typical? I, I think um, being positive, uh, being upbeat, only be witty if you – and I use the word witty uh, because – um, that's different than being funny in a sarcastic way. That requires a certain uh, cleverness, and not many of us can do it, and most of us cannot. I don't go for witty. You know, I'd rather go for helpful because witty is hard to do. I but snarky, negative, whining. Um, people don't want to be around negative, whining, snarky, cynical people, and so, so they're less me, likely to me- hire them. Let me ask you a tough question on this, and that is uh, political statements. We live in a polarized uh, country. Uh, we have partisanship, uh, you know, uh, running out of our ears. Uh, it, it, 
what about putting political comments on social media? Is that a turnoff or is that something that can enhance somebody's brand I, or I, networking? I think, um, well, we can, we can only speculate. Uh, my sense is that if you are over the top on your political comments and they don't vary and it's unending, in a way, that's another kind of self-absorption if you're just looking at it as a way to air your views so that even if people agree with your views, they're going to find you tedious. If what you're doing um, is you know, more thoughtful, if it's more specific, if it's issue-oriented, I think um, it'll turn some people off, but other people will find the, will have the idea, this is the kind of person um, you that I'd like to work with. And I, I think some people are doing it consciously. They're thinking, I, I don't want to work in a place where this particular viewpoint won't be welcome. So I'd say just be thoughtful about what you do. Have it not be self-absorption. Look for ways to be supportive of other people. Put a positive, a positive focus saying, yes, this is the kind of policy that will be helpful. And, and not have it be whining. During this time of isolation and quarantine, uh, we sometimes are so turned inward that, uh, you know, all we think about is ourselves or our uh, network of people within the home that we're, we're living. How important is it to think beyond yourself in not just in networking, but it is a part of networking, is it not, to think beyond yourself and show that you do that? It is overwhelmingly important. And in fact, there's all kinds of relatively new research saying that one of the greatest predictors of long-term career success is having a broad viewpoint, having a broad network, a diverse network, having um, uh, a... um, broad knowledge base, people who read a lot, that's a way to vary your thinking. Aside from networking, reading what other people are writing, reading, um, you know, kind of deep reading is a way to vary your perspective. Anything that shows that you have a broad view of the world, that you're open to people who are not like you, that you are able to entertain other people's viewpoints, that's tremendously helpful in terms of um, how you present yourself, but it also is, in networking terms, it's vital because the little circle that you see every day, all the people you know really well, they just know pretty much what you know. And if you want to have career opportunities, whether you're looking for clients or for a job, you want to have a wide open network with lots of different kind of people because that's how you're going to hear about the trends and you're going to hear about the jobs and you're going to hear about opportunities of all sorts. A broad, diverse network that's continuing to expand and that gives you the opportunity to think about a range of ideas and that you follow up with and read about that's the way to build a, a really interesting career, even in tough times. Bev, I'd like for you to look forward for me for a moment. And I know this is an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. 
I don't see, personally, I don't see the workplace being what it was six months ago or four months ago for a long time, if ever. What I mean is I think the way we look at work, do work, look at careers has been changed forever. Do you feel that way? And if so, what do you envision might be good tools for someone to have in that new environment? I do think it's changed forever. And I think it's hard for us to know uh, how it's going to evolve. But from what I'm hearing and reading, there already are openings in areas um, that um, are, you know, obviously some of the tech areas, but things like um, construction, infrastructure, um, home um, um, care, like uh, plumbers and electricians, um, other kinds of health technologies are coming up. There are already the starts of um, new job demand. And I, I think the um, what we all have to do is figure out what are our skills, what do I like, and then do some research to find out what are the jobs. And they may be totally different jobs than you might have thought about a year ago or even three months ago. There are going to be jobs, but it's going to mean being flexible and maybe picking up some skills, refining your skills, getting some certifications. It may be trying something um, kind of at a lower level in order to move over to a field that seems really interesting. And finally, if someone is at home and feeling stuck and thinking their career is going no place, give me two things that they should do today or tomorrow to get going again? The first thing I think is to um, reach out to other people and ask people they know where, what they're thinking about or where the opportunities might be. Look for kind of positive people. That's something that you could do today. You can, you can touch a few bases. But the next thing I think is to um, look at your resume, look at however your profile is and put it on LinkedIn, put it on other sites, find a way to um, polish the writing about you so that you can start uh, using it as you um, pursue other opportunities. And I, I'll, I'm going to add a third and that's learn something new. Um, whether that means taking a course online or or downloading a book or looking through um, websites to find something to with tips on improving your writing. Learning something new is always a good action step, even if you don't know exactly where it'll take you. Bev, as always, I learn as much as the audience does, maybe more <laughs> from these conversations. And I really appreciate your time. I always enjoy our time together, Tom. Thank you. Today, we've been talking with Bev Jones about how you can strengthen your network and why it's so important. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your guest host, Tom Hudson. Today's career tip 
is that people are born with a need to connect with other people. We're inherently social, and building a strong network is all about people helping people. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you come back soon. Thank you.